Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Particular Baptist Podcast. My name is Daniel Vincent here with my co-host, Sean Cheatham. You can find us and other podcasts at reformpodcast.com. Also, check out our blog at theparticularbaptist.net. And if you would like to support our ministry, please head on over to patreon.com forward slash theparticularbaptist to uh, subscribe or contribute today. We want to thank our patrons um, on Patreon, Stephen and Boomy. Boomy uh, just became um, a patron over there, and we want to thank him for his contribution as well as uh, Stephen. Uh, we appreciate you, brothers, and, and for the financial support you're giving to our ministry, and we hope that our ministry is, continues to be a blessing to you and to um, all of those who come across our work. Um, but with that, say, we're going to dive. Oh, yeah, go ahead, Sean. I will say real quick, I think uh, Boomy mentioned to me that it was for him and Christy, so I'll also give Christy a Oh, yes, there, yes. Because I know she'll you. appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you much. All right, so this episode's going to, we're going to continue our Prager series, but um, we're going to be going a little bit more into some of Prager's um, understanding on the law of God than we would normally do. Uh, we have a couple videos to look at today. And uh, we do want to say, um, as a disclaimer, um, as kind of with, we recommend viewer discretion, listener discretion for this one, because we're going to be talking about um, you know, sexuality, pornography, and adultery. Um, and some of the discussion is going to get um, somewhat detailed. Um, so if you're listening with families and uh, you would rather your kids not hear this, we're just putting this up now that we're going to be talking about these issues. Um, so listener discretion is advised. Um, but with that, we're going to dive right into our discussion today. Um, we're going to talk first about what adultery is as it relates to the law of God in the Ten Commandments um, and looking at this from a a holistic approach from scripture. And then we're going to look at uh, Prager's understanding. So we're giving the positive, and then we're going to dive into the negative. Um, so what does this commandment mean? The commandment found in Exodus chapter 20, that thou shalt not commit adultery. This falls in to uh, the batch of commands that have to do with how we treat our neighbor. Remember, the first four are how we treat God, how we worship God, our attitude towards God. And then the last six are how we uh, view and treat our neighbor. So this has to do with um, how we treat someone else of isn't our spouse uh, and dealing with issues there and their well-being, maybe their their spouse's well-being if they're married. Um, and I think this also plays into the 10th commandment with regards to coveting and not desiring someone else's wife and and not desiring something that's not yours. So I think these all tie together. But looking at, um, uh, this is Keech's catechism, actually. Benjamin Keech, one of the signers of the Second London Baptist Confession of Faith, a particular Baptist preacher and writer. Question 78 of Keech's catechism says, what is forbidden in the Seventh Commandment? Answer, the Seventh Commandment forbids all unchaste thoughts, words, and actions. And there's some citations given, Matthew 5, 28 through 32. Job 31.1, Ephesians 5-4, through Romans 13.13, 13, and Colossians 4.6. So the point here is that we are not to live in such a way that we're to be unchaste in our being, uh, unchaste, you know, having that unfaithful spirit um, as it relates to sexual matters. So we're not, to, we're not to have lustful thoughts, we're not to have lustful words, lewd words, um, and we're not to engage in actions that are consistent with that. Um, 
we're to be faithful to our spouses and in keeping in principle with that commandment. Uh, we see Jesus talking about this. If we look at Matthew 28, 29, you have heard that it was said, to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust after her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So the scope of the commandment is not just the physical act of adultery, um, but it's also in our thoughts. And that's why Keech talks about, you know, our thoughts, our words and our actions, because it encompasses more than just the act of adultery. And as we'll see in a moment with Prager, there is um, this huge disconnect between the heart attitude and uh, the external action of adultery. He sees them as being completely separate, one not existing and one actually being the problem. So, but from a Christian perspective, biblical perspective, a holistic biblical perspective, it's in both. It's the physical act of adultery, but also the heart intentions and the, the thoughts and the desires of the heart. And what Jesus is saying here is, um, you know, not only the act of adultery is wrong, but wanting to do it is wrong or lusting after someone, wanting sexual gratification in a way that you should only have towards your spouse. So Jesus is he's not raising the bar. He's just simply correcting the religious leaders of his day and the people of his day and saying, look, this is not uh, the correct view of this commandment. The correct view of this commandment is that, yes, the act of adultery is wrong, but also if you desire uh, someone else who isn't your spouse, uh, or even if you're not married, it doesn't matter. Uh, Prager does kind of talk about this a little bit. Um, you know, if you, he thinks that if you lust after someone, if you're a single person lusting after somebody else, it's not considered, you know, adultery. It can't be because it's only adultery only has to do with someone who's married. Um, but the problem is that desiring somebody in a way that you should only desire a spouse is um, violating that principle of adultery where all adultery starts right it always starts with a desire it's always starting with unfaithfulness and unchaste behavior so that's uh it's violating the principle of the spirit of the commandment and so jesus is um is just saying that the commandment encompasses the heart as well as um, the external action that's why you see writers uh in this like in these catechisms and such they'll expand they're not really expanding the commandments scope, but they're just saying that it applies to more than just an external action um, or there's more behind it because the principle in the commandment is what's also included in what's forbidden and what you should be doing. So if you desire something in the wrong way that violates the principle of that commandment, you've broken that commandment. Um, we see this with unrighteous anger. If you hate your brother, you've you're a murderer. You may not have killed him physically, but it's the seed of the, the act of murder, which is hate, which is uh, unrighteous anger towards your neighbor. So you violated the principle of that commandment. You've broken that commandment uh, in principle. And do you have anything you want to add, Sean? So most of what I'm going to say in regards to this will be reaction to some uh, Prager's comments. Um, you did bring up an interesting point that I didn't have anywhere else in my notes, so I want to bring it up. And that's the fact that oftentimes the, the commandments are interrelated, right? Right. So um, thou shalt not steal. Yes, it's directed against our, our neighbor, 
but in some regards to steal is a violation of the first commandment because what you're saying is oh well god has told me not to steal but i'm gonna do what i want you're making yourself into a god by doing that mm -hmm. um the commandments are all interrelated so um you do have the commandment against adultery and that is interrelated with the commandment uh to not covet they're distinct they're distinct categories of things but they are related um so it it's when prager gets into well you know it's it's not a, it's not a matter of the inward man well the last commandment says that we should be thinking about the inward man um so we should therefore be trying to apply it in all the other categories that we've seen and i i will get a little bit more into that uh i think during the uh during the response but i definitely wanted to bring that out no that's a great point um we see that i believe it's james that talks about this. if you've uh broken it in one the law in one place you've broken it all right because they're so intertwined with one another that uh, if you violate the command, um, you know, like this commandment here to commit adultery, you've undermined the principle of loving your neighbor. Therefore, you've in principle broken all the other commandments and you've also set up an idol. You've said, I love something more than God yeah. because I'm doing this thing that God said not to do. So you've technically broken them all, at least in principle. Um, so we do see that in the scriptures that you can't get you can't do one and get away with the other and and you know kind of be scot-free so to speak because well i kept this commandment so i'm righteous over here um mm -hmm. but i'm gonna break this one and i'm you know i'm not affecting myself over here so they go hand in hand so no, that's a good point to bring up yeah if god is god he's to be followed in all things to break yes. one commandment is to say he's not not worthy to be followed so yep. even if you haven't broken all the other commandments yes in principle you're, what you're saying is, well, I don't, I don't have to follow God here. So exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We, it, God requires perfection to his whole law. That's how high the standard is. The standard is so high. He requires perfection in all aspects of the law. He's not going to let you off because you obeyed nine of them and you missed one. No, if it, if you miss one, you've ruined the entire, uh, the entire law. So, uh, we, we have to keep in mind that God is absolutely holy. God requires perfection, and that is the bar that is set. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why we need a perfect Savior who can, uh, you know, take care of this problem of sin for us by keeping the law perfectly and taking care of the punishment um, that's due under the law. So, you know, that's something to keep in the backdrop of our minds as we're talking about these things today. Because when we're talking about heart issues, it might seem like, man, you know, I'm, you know, maybe someone's struggling with this particular sin of lust and they're, you know, they feel like they're constantly failing and falling because, you know, it's like, wow, it seems like the standard's so high that even if I just desire someone the wrong way, I, I violate God's law. And it's like, yes, that that's true. It is high. It's a high bar. But it's also important to remember we have a perfect savior who kept this law for us, so for his people, so that those who have faith in him will be justified and have his righteousness put on them completely so that um, we don't have to feel like we have to keep this law in order to please God in a judicial way, we rest in Christ and these things are, and so it's, it's, we don't want to become discouraged as Christians, um, as we're, you know, discussing these very important topics of holiness, but also, um, you know, keeping in mind the grace that comes from the gospel and that. All right. So let's go ahead. I'm going to pull up our first video here. So we're going to, we actually went to look for this video 
that was originally from the Daily Wire Plus, which is their subscription service, and they post clips of some of the stuff online. So they're going through Jordan Peterson is actually leading a series through the book of Exodus for, you know, for more for worse than for better listening to some of this stuff. Um, some of it's really, really bad. Um, but Prager, Dennis Prager was put on the spot in this video by Peterson because they were talking about lust and is lust adultery. And Peterson asked him about the issue of pornography. You know, what is what is the what is your stance on pornography then if you don't believe that lust is adultery? Um, and so Prager gives an answer and we're going to um, we're going to talk through that. And then after we play that video, we'll kind of dive into the actual video that he did on the uh, on adultery, on the commandment to not commit adultery. And we can kind of talk about those two in light of one another. So let me pull up. I should mention uh, Dan alluded to it, but we originally had the video they put out, but. Um, mm -hmm. It got taken down sometime between Thursday and this morning when we were we were doing prep for the show. Um, I don't know what that means. I don't know if he if it was taken down because of the backlash or because he thought something was wrong. Um, but at the very least, he says that in this video that his views are consistent with what he said on his radio show before. Um, so we were able to find somebody else. Um, I guess it's Nick Jones was the channel who uh, commented yeah. on it. That's not. I, I don't know anything about the channel, so that's not necessarily an endorsement of it. But we were able to find uh, the the clip in somebody else's video, so we're still going to play it here. Yeah, it was really weird. I went to find the video to pl to play for to pull up for our video or our episode this morning, and it was set to private on YouTube. I couldn't find it. So, yeah, it was very interesting. But yeah, thankfully we were able to find somebody else, so we can continue on with the show. Um, can you see it, Sean? Yeah. All right. Here we go. I am less interested in the interior person, morally speaking, than you are, than, and probably any of you are. And it's largely, I do believe, because I come from a behaviorist, law-based religion. We care how you act. That's why we don't have a claim that if you look at another woman with lust, it's as if you've committed adultery with her. I, I am, as I said yesterday, I, I thank God for America's Christians and uh, Maimonides said, if it weren't for Christians, the world wouldn't know about the Torah. So uh, I'm a big Christian fan, but obviously Christianity and Judaism are not identical religions. Uh, and, and we have no equivalent that if you look upon another woman with lust, it's as if you have committed adultery with your heart. There's only one way to commit adultery in Judaism, and it's with... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I wanted to have some comments before we we get to him talking about um pornography there um so he he admits he has an externalist religion which in some regards i think is a good thing because he's admitting that it's not a religion that uh deals with the inward man um so there's there's no confusion there mm -hmm. but i i've just i've just got to act or ask um, if you're saying that God only cares about the the external actions you do, not not the heart. Uh, how how far would you actually take that? If a man if a man doesn't commit murder but thinks about murdering people all day because he hates everyone around him, is God going to look on that and be like, "That's a good man there"? Because right. he didn't he didn't murder. <laughs> Especially, what's the reason he didn't? Murder? Is it because just because he didn't want to get into trouble and that's why he didn't do it, but he desired it with his heart, like? You're, what you're saying is God is okay with people desiring wicked things constantly, and they might not even have good reasons for not doing the wicked things, but because you kept that law, you're good. Like, that's 
that's that's obvious like I, I i would think that it would be obvious to everyone that that is not correct that and i would think that Prager would like also that. agree with that that that's not a right thing to do to have those desires and he'll kind of allude to that a little bit in mm -hmm. the the second video we'll play where he talks about thinking about someone else's spouse <clears throat> um and i i think he's not completely off the bandwagon when it comes to thinking about um, the inward man. I think he would agree with that. Um, I think he's just trying to make his worldview, quote unquote, fit within. Uh, he's trying to be consistent with his own belief system, I think. Mm -hmm. yeah, uh, although it, he doesn't do that perfectly, obviously, but I think he's that's what he's trying to do. It might be that it's a uh, for this one particular. Like, I, I'm not trying to accuse him of adultery. That's not what I'm trying to accuse him of. But no. for this one in particular, um, he, he might have an extra reason for wanting to say the things that he says and, and having a, a different standard for it. Uh, I, I don't know that for sure, obviously, but um, I could see people wanting to have a less focus on the inward man uh, for this commandment if they're trying to be righteous by keeping the law because it's a standard that they can't they can't fulfill. Or, or maybe um, trying to cover up some secret sin, justify mm -hmm. secret sin. That could be too. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, again, we're not accusing anyone of anything. Yeah. But we, we just having been in the church for, I think, in, in Christian life for so long, and you see people do certain things, they'll, they'll say X, Y, and Z to justify whatever they're doing. And sometimes it can be an indication of a, a deeper sin issue that they're trying to cover up rather than just, uh, really trying to be consistent with what they're trying to say. So again, we're yeah. not saying that's what he's doing, but yeah. the tendency for for man is to justify themselves in their own sin. Um, so that that could very well be what's going on here. Yeah, yeah. It it also could just be that he's encountered the, like he uh, he'll say he's encountered this on his radio show before, and that's just his his solution to the issue. But yeah, um, I, could be I wouldn't. I would not also definitively say that there's not an underlying spiritual issue there right yeah definitely raises the eyebrows with a different organ and i'm not being cute i'm, I'm being very realistic uh looking with lust is not a sin in judaism what's the stance on what's the stance on pornography so pornography when I'm asked this question, you, just to you, put you on the spot, you did way. indeed. Uh, okay, so my my answer when it's raised on my radio show, I have a male female hour, and I'm very open about sexual subjects. I always ask if a wife calls me and says my husband looks at pornography. I I, I found on his computer. I have one question: How is your in life of intimacy with your husband? Is it good? In other words, is the pornography in lieu of you or in addition to you? Mm -hmm. uh, and I know this is not a religious answer, and mm -hmm. I, I'm not even giving a religious answer. I'm giving mm -hmm. what I think is a moral and realistic answer. Men want variety. And uh, if adultery is a substitute for, if pornography is a substitute for one's wife, it's awful. If it's a substitute for adultery, it's not awful. Okay, hold on. So that that's essentially the uh, sorry, I'm trying to get back to my screen here. Um, that's essentially his argument as it relates to adultery and, or lust and, and adultery. 
lust is not adultery in his view. And so he's trying to be consistent here when put on the spot by Jordan about pornography, that pornography is actually not really a problem as long as you're not replacing your spouse with it, which is kind of interesting. So if you're replacing your spouse with it, the question then becomes, is that kind of like an adulterous relationship? If you're replacing your spouse with it, um, and wouldn't you agree that going outside of your spouse for gratification in those type of things is a kind of, you know, it, it's in principle adultery. And, and again, this is why we keep going back to the heart issue, because all of these things are in some way violating that principle of um, chastity and faithfulness to your spouse and not desiring somebody in a covetous way. So we do see kind of that, um, that dynamic here that he's that uh, Prager is bringing out that if you, you know, men want variety. So he's basically justifying men just freely wanting women and yeah, men want variety. So it's okay. As long as you're not hurting anybody, um, which is a common argument that the world will make about uh, moral issues. Well, you know, homosexuality doesn't really hurt anybody, so it, it must be okay. You know, um, that kind of argument. Um, and that's never that's a very pragmatic argument. And and we know from looking at Prager before, he has no problem being pragmatic with the law of God and applying it where he wants um, based on you know whatever uh, social situation he feels it fits in. Um, so he's just taking a pragmatic approach to um, a thorny issue that uh, really shouldn't be any question. But, you know, he's really kind of devaluing devaluing marriage by by doing this if you're going around and you know you're engaged in this in pornography and as a married person um, there's no way that can be um, there's no way that can't be having some effect on your on your spouse if especially if you're doing it like in in secret and doing those things in a way that is um, trying to hide these things from the other person um, and and those things are found I mean, the fact that Prager is even having to deal with a spouse on his radio show that is concerned about this shows that the effect that it can have, you know, he's he's having to talk to this person about, um, you know, hey, I found this stuff on my husband's computer. I, how do I deal with this? You know, clearly it's a problem for that person. Um, so the doing it in that way, I think, can can certainly have an effect upon uh, your marriage and it's certainly not pleasing to God because it is violating that principle of uh, the commandment. You're wanting somebody in a way that you should only want your spouse. You should be faithful to your spouse. God has created um, these um, these things to be within the marriage. And if we go outside of that, we're violating God's created order and we're violating his law. Um, and that's really the issue here. It's not um, you know, whether men want variety or not, that's just a selfish excuse for, uh, you know, for why men should be able to go after these things. Um, there's plenty of things you could say we want variety on, but that doesn't necessarily make them okay. We, we have to have that objective standard that keeps those fences so that we can make sure that we're guarding ourselves um, as, as Christians and as, as God's creatures. Yeah. It's it's an unchallenged or it's an undefended undef proposition. Oh, men want variety. You know, it's like, well, is that is that good? Men right. also want other people's stuff. You know, is that does that make it right to to steal? Is the desire in of itself bad? Like like 
like it, it was just put out there. Oh, well, men want variety. And it's just assumed that that this therefore. Okay. And I mean, that is the way the world uh, acts, right? Like, Oh, well, I want right. this. Therefore it, it's good. Like there's no question. There's no thinking about it. It's like, well, just because you want it doesn't make it good. Right. Um, yeah. Um, going to, well, it's interesting, right? Because he thinks that it's a, a New Testament concept that, um, <laughs> like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't. Uh, there's a, an inward aspect to this, right? But I would, I would say that the Old Testament makes the exact same point, maybe not as explicitly. Um, Proverbs five eighteen through twenty: Let thy fountain be blessed, and rejoice with the wife of thy youth. Let her be as a loving hind and pleasant roe. Let her breast satisfy thee at all times. And be thou ravished always with her love, mm -hmm. with her love. And wilt thou, my son, be ravished with a strange woman and embrace the bosom of a stranger? So yep. here it's the, the principle is you should be satisfied with your own wife. That that's what it's saying. And you might argue, like, oh well, you know, that that's that's in Proverbs. We're not talking about the law, but that, that's the point, right? The law, thou shalt not commit adultery. It's a single, single sentence. It's not expanded upon in the Ten Commandments. We have the rest of the Bible, old and new, to expand on that and draw out all the implications of that. And one of the implications that is clearly you should be satisfied with your own wife. Um, and to make this distinction he he has where, okay, well, like, is it affecting the marriage or is it not affecting the marriage? Like, I don't think you can even make a distinction there that like, uh, like it's, it's, there, you could do it and not have it affect in the marriage in some way. And if the if the principle is you should be satisfied with your own wife, by definition, if you're seeking it outside of your wife, that's not being satisfied with your right. wife. That's <laughs> like like by definition, you know. So um, yeah, I, I would say the the Old Testament even precludes any sort of satisfaction outside of your wife is wrong. And that would obviously include pornography. Yep. It's, and that, that's interesting that you bring that up because Proverbs do deal with, I think Proverbs chapter six and seven also go on to talk about the lewd women and staying away mm -hmm. from her. Um, and that's, you know, obviously yeah. within the same context as, you know, talking about being married. So, and it's, it's kind of funny because Solomon didn't exactly follow his own advice. Um, you know, after a while with marrying multiple wives, and we do know from uh, commands that God gave the people of Israel that they were not to intermarry with uh, the people around them, right? They were supposed to stay married within uh, Israel. So there is a sense where you do see this kind of covenantal adultery and going outside of the bounds that God has given to go after pagan wives. And then they're, you know, amassing more and more and more wives and not keeping with that principle. But um, we do see this in the Old Testament. And again, this is another place where Prager, um, I think, selectively takes, you know, he tries to make it seem like the Old Testament is so vastly different from the New that, you know, the, when you're saying something from the New Testament, it's as if you're coming up with something that they would have never, ever heard of. Uh, even though we believe the New is really just a, a realization of the Old um, and, and not in contradiction to it. Yeah, yeah. If If thou shalt not commit adultery includes the idea in it you should be satisfied with your own wife you can't therefore go and turn around and say jesus is wrong to say you shouldn't 
um, lust in your heart because it's, it's right. a related, related concept, you know, being, <laughs> being satisfied only with the wife that you have not looking outside of her. Um, then it's the, it's the same thing, right? It's, it's also a heart issue because if you're doing that, maybe it's, it's much harder because we're corrupt men and our thoughts are harder to control, but it's the same principle, right? You're not doing what you should be. You're not being satisfied only in her. Yep. Yep. And, and Prager does seem to think that there is a line. It's just not starting in the heart. Uh, well, yeah. although he kind of does, because he'll say, if you're replacing uh, your spouse with pornography, then it's wrong somehow, some way, which yeah. you haven't actually committed the act of adultery yet, but somehow that's still wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is, which is interesting how he gets to that point. By definition, you are at least in some way replacing your spouse. Like, you're right. That's like, uh, okay, maybe there's degrees of, of how bad that is, but it's all really bad. It's all yeah. really bad. So I would, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in the distinction he's making there. No. Um, did it's you want to read? Distinction. Did you want to read Desiree's comment? Because I think that was pretty, pretty apt, pretty good. Uh, she said the woman wouldn't be calling the radio show. She was satisfied in her marriage, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. She the. You know, she's calling, complaining about her husband, finding these things on his computer. Um, and why is she going outside of her marriage to, you know, get the, or or maybe it's the man. But I mean, it, it seems like that they're both not satisfied her marriage. If he's doing these things, he's obviously not satisfied with her. And she's trying to, you know, figure out the problem with her marriage. So, yeah, they're not satisfied in one another. It creates problems. Yeah, because I would think. That a spouse, if they found this, they're going to naturally be like, wait a minute, why are they doing this? What a, Am I not valuable enough for you? Yeah. And that's probably the, the natural reaction, why she's calling into his show in the first place. Yeah. Hey, it's what do a, I do? He, this, isn't, a, this doesn't seem right. Yeah. yeah. It's not an unjustified reaction either. No, not at it's all. Not. Nope. So. All right. So now we're going to we're going to go into his video on the actual commandment of adultery and we'll compare, um, you know, some things he said in the last video with this about the seventh commandment. Do not commit adultery. Moses comes down from Mount Sinai and announces I have good news and bad news. The good news is that I got him down to 10. The bad news is that adultery stays. The joke is telling. The prohibition on a married person having sexual relations with anyone except his or her spouse may be for many people the most consistently difficult of the Ten Commandments to observe. The reasons shouldn't be hard to guess. One is the enormous power of the sex drive. It can be very hard to keep in check for the entirety of one's marriage, especially when an attractive outsider makes him or herself sexually or romantically available. Another reason is the human desire to love and be loved. For normal people, there is no more powerful emotion than love. If one falls in love with someone while married, it takes great effort not to commit adultery with that person. Hit pause. And if we add in the unfortunate circumstance... So, I don't agree with his definition of love there. Love is to want the best for the other person. What he's actually describing there is lust, right? Because if you're, if you're saying like, 
I like this person to the point where I would want to commit adultery with them. That's the lust. It's not love. Um, right. You're not love. seeking the, you're not seeking your own good or the other person's good because yeah. they both are des They're both destructive. Yeah. yeah. So, um, obviously he's not saying that it's a good thing, but even the way that it's phrased by calling that love, I would disagree with. Yeah. And that might be part of the problem. Why he kind of is fine with, talking about pornography in the way that he does you know his view of love is is clearly faulty stance of a loveless marriage adultery becomes even more difficult to resist now this is interesting because the scriptures actually deal with this to some extent now, if you look at first corinthians 7 uh, paul does talk about um, a husband and wife you know they need to engage in relations on a regular basis um, to help with the temptation it's not you know the the gate that prevents things but it can be helpful to uh temptation for sexual immorality um so it's interesting that he brings this up because the scriptures do actually have specific guidelines for how to deal with these things um seeking one another's good a marriage is to be um not to be loveless that's not biblical um and it can lead to other problems if not kept in check. Well, again, I wonder what his definition of love here is because if yeah. you're saying love is a feeling, it's a feelingless relationship, right? But love is to want the best for the other person regardless of how you feel in the moment. My feelings don't match what I know should be true all the time, but I still want to do what I know to be right, not what I feel to be right. So. Even that, like, I, I know what he means by a loveless marriage, and that's a common phrase, but even that I don't think is quite right. Yeah. Uh, we have another comment here. Uh, would you say that a married man who had sex with a forbidden woman and a married man who pleased himself by watching porn both violated the Seventh Commandment, and yet when it comes to gradations, the former is worse? Um, yeah. Yeah, that's what we're saying. They're both violations. Um, I would we would, I think, uh, say that the actual physical act of adultery is worse in as much as you're carrying out the heart intentions. But in one is violating the spirit and one is violating the, the letter. Um, and we're talking about the heart desires. We're talking about the letter of or the, the spirit of the law. The principle of the law is violated. Yes, you haven't actually um, gone and had relations with someone who isn't your spouse, but you violated the spirit of the commandment, which is to be chaste, which is to be faithful, which is to be um, living within the bounds of God's uh, sexual uh, prescriptions. And so that is, uh, I think, where we would draw that distinction. But yes, they're both violations, but one is violating the letter, one is violating the principle. They're, they're both violations yep. of the same heart issue, but one yep. you've just added more on top of it. So yeah. in the case of uh, adultery, what you've added on is now you've actually roped somebody else into to sin, right? Um, yep. And there's more that you've added on top of that. But it's it's they're both violations. One might have a little bit more and a little bit more consequences to it. But they're definitely both violations of the commandment because God wants God wants a pure heart. That's what yeah. that's what he's after. Um, so they're both absolutely violations, although one might be one you've added more 
more issues on top of it. Yeah. And I'll clarify the act of the physical act of adultery is a violation of the letter and the spirit. It's not just the letter. Um, it's violating the principle of unchastity, but it's also going beyond and doing what the letter of the law says not to do. So it's, it is worse in that sense. And like Sean said, you're adding, you know, someone else into the picture that you're causing to sin, or at least maybe trying to woo into sin. Um, so there, there's a lot of other things that can kind of go on in there. Uh, thanks, brothers. Church discipline would be applied uh, differently. Um, yeah, and I want to be careful commenting on church discipline issues. I think that's a case-by-case situation. But uh, if someone is is living in, in unrepentant sin and it's not dealt with according to the models prescribed in Scripture, then, yeah, church discipline would have to be would have to be given. And I think it, it might be different in, you know, in these, whether it's pornography or whether it's uh, the physical act of adultery. But again, that's up to a church's elders and, um, and different situations. So I'm not giving a cookie cutter, but the principles in scripture are there for how we're to deal with sin in the church. And, and those would be followed. Mm -hmm. it, for some of this, it's harder because, it's, it does deal with the inward man, so it's hard to see exactly yep. what's going on there. But theoretically, any unrepentant sin that's able to be identified should be um, dealt with in the uh, by by church discipline. So yep. obviously, if um, in the case of a spouse finding pornography on the computer and um, it not being dealt with, that's a that's a sign that okay that there is there is sin going on here. Um, so that should be, I, I, like Dan said, um, how precisely all that ends up being handled might be case by case, but definitely, um, if it's sin and it is sin, um, and that it, it, it can be proven, then there should be, and it's unrepentant of, there should be a church by church or there should be church discipline. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, formally speaking, we you know you can have church discipline in in smaller ways that don't require excommunication. But um, you know, formally speaking, at like First Corinthians five type discipline, that and yeah, that would have to be you know dealt with. However, uh, the scriptures lay out to deal with those things and according to your elders. All right, good questions though. Good questions. All right, diving back in. That's why the joke with which I began is funny, because it reflects truth. Hit pause. Why is adultery um, prohibited? I don't think it'd be funny, but okay. Yeah, yeah. When I first listened to this, and I heard the joke at the beginning, it didn't sit well with me. But I was like, well, if all he's doing is illustrating, using this to illustrate the point that like it's very common, then then fine. But yeah, like. Adultery isn't funny. Like violation right. of God's law isn't isn't funny. You know, like I yeah, understand that the world world might think it's funny, uh, because you know, things that are, are bad are funny. But like right. for someone that wants to claim that that wants to follow God and claim that God is right, it's not funny. Yeah, yeah. I that made me uncomfortable when I heard that. I was like, well, okay, I don't. I probably wouldn't have even used the joke in the first place. Yeah. Um, yeah, Even as, unless I was work. heavily qualifying, this is illustrative just to, to show yeah. what people are thinking, but he yeah. went beyond that. Yeah. In the Ten Commandments, 
because, like the other nine, it is indispensable to forming and maintaining higher civilization. Adultery threatens the very building block of the civilization that the Ten Commandments seeks to create. That building block is the family, a married father and mother and their children. Anything that threatens the family unit is prohibited in the Bible. Now, this is, this is where the inconsistencies start to come out as it relates to how he applies the principle of adultery to pornography or lust in general. So if he's being consistent, he would have to say that pornography is not a threat to the family because or lust is not a threat to the family um, because it's technically not adultery. However, he admitted in that video that if pornography is a replacement for your spouse, it's awful, right? So clearly it's some kind of threat to the family um, in in some contexts, um, but not necessarily um, in others. And so why would it not be considered the violating the principle of adultery in that case? It's a sexual sin and um, it's somehow replacing uh, your spouse with something else in a sexual way. How is that not violating the principle of adultery here and undermining the family? Um, so he's, he starts to get into some murky waters um, at this point. Adultery is one example. Not honoring one's father and mother is another. And the prohibition on injecting any sexuality into the family unit, incest, is a third example. Why is the family so important? Because without it, social stability is impossible. Because without it, the passing on of society's values from generation to generation is impossible. Because commitment to a wife and children makes men more responsible and mature. Because more than anything else, family meets most women's deepest emotional and material needs. So if, if it's mature to be committed to your family, then pornography would not be doing that right if even if you're doing it in addition to your spouse you're clearly not committed to her as you're looking for gratification outside of her so again how are how are these principles consistent with what he said in in the other video we are left wanting in that space and nothing comes close to the family in giving children a secure and stable childhood and why does adultery threaten the family the most obvious reason is that sex with someone other than one spouse can all too easily lead to either or both spouses leaving the marriage. Adultery should not and pornography can't can pornography can't do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pornography can't do that. Hmm. Okay. Or or lead to maybe some other heinous sins that you know sexual realizations that you might want to bring out from what you see. You know, which lead you know, leads to actual physical actions and you, you've, you know, gone beyond just the heart issue at that point. Um, you know, all, all of these things are the root or the seed of adultery. So it, it's amazing that he misses that or seems to deliberately just put it to the side. It, it's not consistent at all. It's also, it's also pragmatic. It's not like, yeah. it's not that the person <laughs> has violated their covenant and sinned against their spouse. It's like, right. oh, well, it could lead to them breaking up. Well, I, I agree that, that it could and that that's a bad thing, but that's not the core issue. No. Yeah, it's very pragmatic. And well, this this works, you know, this has just negative effects on the, the family. So therefore, it's bad. It, there's no mm -hmm. 
higher standard um, being in play here, yeah. which is and interesting they, because when he talked about some of the other commandments relating to God, that was a very different discussion than what he's talking about with neighbor. And then um, it doesn't even stop there, right? Because the reason why he wants the family to be intact is so that society can be intact. intact. It's more pragmatism. I don't see anything where he's saying right. destroying the family in of itself is a horrible thing, but insofar as it's in support of society, which I mean, the 10 commandments do if were followed would create a good society. Um, yeah. So I'm not, I'm not saying that that's not the case, but that's not the emphasis we see in scripture. Can you think of a single example where God says that the point of, keeping the law not not or a point of keeping the law explicitly is to form a good society the only thing i can think of that's sort of in that vein is um when the nations around israel uh look at uh look at israel god says that because of this law they'll, they'll look and see how wonderful it is and and uh how wonderful um their god is which i guess you could say it's it's implied in there but it's definitely not an emphasis that i ever see anywhere um, mm -mm. And if we believe God is right, we want to emphasize what he emphasizes and not overemphasize something that he doesn't. So Prager uh, seems throughout this to ignore the the moral aspect in favor of the pragmatic society building, um, which I don't see at all being a, uh, a major emphasis. Well, I should say major emphasis. I don't, he's He's putting something, he's emphasizing something that um, to the detriment of something else in the scriptures that is emphasized. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I mean, the Lord says that we are to be holy because he is holy. It's for God's mm -hmm. sake. It's not for society's sake. Um, mm -hmm. Yes, there are other motivations we can have with regards to holiness. You know, where if Proverbs bring this out all the time, you know, you work hard so you can be wealthy. You don't work hard, you're going to be poor, right? There's practical mm -hmm. implications to it, but that's yeah. not the ultimate end. Yeah. Um, ultimately it's for God's glory yeah. and, and that's yeah, I, absent from, from this discussion. Yeah. I definitely don't want to come across as saying that, um, God's law, God's morality would generate a good society. And that's a good thing in of itself. Cause it is uh, my issue is purely that this appears to be the only thing that he's, right. he's bringing out, uh, when a lot of times the scriptures don't focus on that, even as a even as a thing at all yep not automatically lead to divorce but it often does there is another reason adultery can destroy a family it can lead to pregnancy and then to the birth of a child that child will in almost all cases start out life with no family meaning no father and mother married to each other to call his or her own and if adultery doesn't destroy a family, it almost always does terrible harm to a marriage. Aside from the sense of betrayal and loss of trust that it causes, it means that the adulterous partner lives a fraudulent life. When a husband or wife... Wait, 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 wait. So if someone is it, like that example that Prager gave in the, in the video where we talking about pornography, the woman called in saying she found this stuff on, on her husband's computer, uh, that doesn't at all make make her feel like maybe her husband's a fraud or 
that he's been hiding something from her that he should have disclosed to her. He shouldn't have been doing it all. I mean, all these things are, are done when you engage in that kind of activity with, you know, not even committing adultery, physically speaking. Is having sex with someone other than their spouse, their thoughts are constantly about that other person and about how to deceive their spouse. Again, you can do that. That's exactly what that husband was doing to his wife in the example he gave. Yet the advice he gave was, you know, not that, okay, because of these reasons I'm giving here, it's deceptive, makes you look like a fraud. It's not, um, you know, you're betraying your your covenant with your spouse, all those things that he's essentially giving here. He gives her completely different advice. Well, if it's not replacing you, it's OK. You know, just deal with it kind of thing. And then he talks about, well, adultery is bad because you're thinking about how to deceive and you're constantly thinking about the other person that you're committing adultery with. Um, how are you not doing that with people who are in in pornography if you're engaging in these things? Uh, how are you not thinking about these things if you're constantly engaging in these things? You're doing the same thing that he's saying here by when you're engaging in that activity. And so by his own standard, you're committing adultery, <laughs> let alone the biblical standard for it. But this is he gets in all kinds of inconsistencies here when he's trying to talk about the physical act versus the the lust problem. Um, but he's talking about things that start in the heart, that start in the person that no one sees, right? The deception, the lies, the the thoughts that are in the mind. Um, and it seems to think that all has to do with adultery. But then when it comes to pornography, he just kind of chucks that out the window. Um, so it's, it's very interesting to see how he applies the standards. The life of deception that an adulterous affair necessarily entails inevitably damages a marriage, even if the betrayed spouse is unaware of the affair. Finally, the commandment prohibiting adultery. But I thought men like variety, and it's okay as long as it's not. Well, well, in that's, lieu of you. that's that's an admission there that it is actually based on morality. Because if it's the right, if it's the wife. Like if it's wrong, even if the wife never finds out about it, then right. it's wrong. Um, which I'm I'm glad he's saying. I I, yeah, I, don't, wanna, I don't wanna criticize that, but it does seem horribly inconsistent with the, the rest of it. So Yeah. It so if if men want variety and he and it's okay to do this thing in addition to your spouse, not in lieu of, but in addition to, and she doesn't know about it. And he thinks it's fine. But in this case, physical act of adultery, it's not. Even though the commandment doesn't say anything about deception or anything like that. No, he's no. importing all these pragmatic examples um, for why it's immoral to do this mm -hmm. that aren't found necessarily in the text itself. Yeah, um, yeah it, that it are might based be, on just pragmatic standards. It might be implied, but if you're OK. Yeah, it might be implied. Yeah, it's definitely implied that, from our perspective. But yeah. from his perspective, he doesn't really have a standard because he's just kind of making it up as he goes along. Well, there's this commandment and here's why I think it's wrong. But over mm -hmm. here, it's not wrong. And I, I'm not really consistently bringing that out. Three doesn't come with an asterisk saying that adultery is OK if both spouses agree to it. Spouses who have extramarital sex with the permission of their husband or wife yeah. may not necessarily be hurting their spouse's feelings, but they are still harming the institution of marriage. I don't know, and I'm not 
claiming to read people's minds, but I, I find it hard to believe that even in an open relationship, that both people are not somehow hurt that they're just willingly going off and neglecting you. Even if you agree to it, I, I find that really hard to believe. It could be maybe you're so calloused in your conscience that it just doesn't bother you. But I, I just the natural order of things, I think yeah. your natural reaction would be like, well, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm going through the motions of agreeing to it, but he still wants somebody else. It's not me. And that I just don't see that not affecting him at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if we're created to be one with one right that's what how we're created right yeah um i come one flesh i can't imagine that there's not something there despite what yeah. people might want to say um right like again as as you said not a mind reader so i can't definitively say that but just knowing how we were created it would seem that that would not be the case um yeah i do agree with him that obviously it does harm the institution of marriage yep. which is not uh not a good thing um because ultimately that's an affront against the created order that god has done and god has given us a good created order um but if all he means by that is it's in support of society right we want the institution of marriage just so we can have society then that's uh that's too pragmatic i don't think the the scriptures are teaching that that's the only reason you know right Right. And, and yeah, and, and you could, if you think that the nuclear family is kind of what holds society together, um, it certainly helps. Um, but what's to say that if you don't have an ultimate standard to, you know, kind of def define the nuclear family in place, mm -hmm. what's to say that homosexual relationships are not going to, you know, well, help society or Prager, Prager doesn't have an issue with homosexual marriage. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So you kind of yeah. have it's like, OK, then is adultery count in a homosexual marriage? I say this with air quotes, marriage, right? it's not a real marriage. Um, but, you know, does that count in that respect? And, and how would you apply these principles there? But. And protecting the family, not protecting spouses from emotional pain, is the reason for the commandment. It Many was. marriages, sadly, are troubled. That right there, that right there just reveals the complete pragmatism, right? Yep. It's 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 about protecting the, the marriage for society, not protecting the spouse from pain. Like, I'm not saying that it isn't about protecting the institution of marriage for society at all. But you're saying that it's not at all whatsoever dealing with the emotional pain that it would cause your spouse. Like, right. that's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. Love of neighbor? Anybody? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and you'll note throughout all these prayer videos, he never, maybe a couple times he's brought in additional scripture, but it's almost, I, I can't even think of an example off the top of my head. Um. He never goes to anywhere else in the Bible to demonstrate that his his interpretation is correct, right? Mm -hmm. um, we we attempt to throughout all these videos to go to other places to contextualize exactly what we see in the Ten Commandments to to give God's interpretation of the Ten Commandments to the best of our abilities, right? But I can't see this as anything but him just asserting his opinion about yeah. this is what the text 
this is what it means, right? Because that was a definitive statement. It's the commandment is not about uh, the emotional pain that you would cause your spouse. It's it's only about this. That is a ridiculous statement. Right. Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> yep. And, and that kind of contradicts what he's already said, because he does talk about deception and feeling like that your spouse is a fraud if you're engaged in this behavior. Yeah. But he's just not at the end of the day. He's just it's just wholly pragmatic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, he does pay lip service to it. But yep. at the end of the day, if you're going to because the, the video is almost over, if you're going to end with that statement. It shows that right. you're not really thinking. He's kind of summing it. up his belief system. And it's like, yeah. well, yeah. Troubled. And it is not for any of us to stand in judgment of others behavior in this realm. No one knows what goes on in anyone else's marriage. And if we did we might often well understand why one or the other sought love outside the marriage. So what's the point of this video again, then? If you're going, like, <laughs> so, what you, so we what? can't judge what we, we have to consider all those circumstances. Well, okay. I understand why he cheated on her, you know? Okay. But the, that doesn't take away from the, the objective standard that God has laid out. There's no excuse for, certain actions we don't he doesn't say well in this situation you can violate my law or in this situation you can violate my law we god doesn't make exceptions like that we understand. and we can judge others based on his righteous law not based on our own righteousness but uh we're to judge with the righteous judgment jesus says so we can do that in a proper way we understand why the poor person steals more so than the rich person Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day they're both stealing exactly both wrong like so okay maybe i can understand in some sense why the person ends up committing adultery but that doesn't like oh well you can't judge them you know like right in a sense i can't judge them it's true because I'm, I'm, I'm a sinner also like who am i to judge but like dan said we've been given a, a an absolute standard that is perfect by which we can look at the world um, yes and and discern these things so in that sense absolutely i can judge i can judge with a righteous judgment as jesus says so yep but no higher civilization can be made or can endure that condones adultery that is why it is prohibited in the ten commandments i'm dennis prager that's not the only reason you're right. <laughs> That's not the only reason. Um, I want to. Uh, I want to actually read a scripture that uh, deals with adultery, but as a metaphor. And hopefully, uh, hopefully, you'll see why um, I bring this up. So this comes from Jeremiah chapter three, as verse six is six through nine. The Lord said also unto me in the days of Josiah the king, Hast thou seen that which backsliding Israel hath done? She has gone up on, upon every high mountain and under every green tree and ha there hath played the harlot. I said, after she had done all these things, turn thou unto me. But she returned not. And her treacherous sister Judah saw it. And I saw when uh, for all the causes whereby backsliding Israel committed adultery, I had put her away and given her a bill of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister Judah feared not and went and played the harlot also. And it came mm. to pass through the lightness of her whoredom that she defiled the land and committed adultery with stones and with sticks. So 
God is using the metaphor of adultery to describe his relationship to Israel and to Judah, right? His covenant people, the people that he was in covenant with through the Mosaic covenant and, and through the Abrahamic covenant, but uh, through the Mosaic covenant. And this is the metaphor that he chooses to show what a treacherous thing that it is, that they were promised mm. to one spouse himself, God, and they went and worshiped other gods. Mm-hmm. That alone demonstrates that this is not merely about society. It is about the wickedness of betraying the trust of the person that you're supposed to be in covenant relationship to. Right. Uh, adultery is not merely wrong because it prevents a, a higher society from for. I mean, it is because it's a violation of a covenant. It is a, it's an offense against your spouse. It's an offense against God who created the institution of marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're saying that what he's given is insufficient. And it, ultimately, it's a distortion of the, the picture of Christ and the church, right? If Christ is uh, the husband to his bride, the church, and uh, we're going around saying that, oh, yeah, adultery is fine. It's perfectly okay for Christ to be unfaithful. It's therefore implying that it's perfectly fine for Christ to be unfaithful to his church. So it's right. like there is so much more going on than this is about higher society forming. That's the yes. primary, primary issue. And Sean um, got that from the Old Testament, by the way. <laughs> I did. I Primarily. Did. It's, it's, it's an Old Testament so concept. Funny. Like adultery is wrong in of itself. Yes. But it's also a picture for our relationship to God. Yeah. And, and therefore, like, we need to think about it in that way also. Um, and, yeah, you would think that as somebody who claims to know the, the Old Testament scriptures well, that you would uh, you would be aware of that. Um, and you might even want to think about that in, in your discussion on adultery. I, like, I understand he's producing whatever it was, like a five-minute video, and you can't right. bring literally everything in there. But... I would I would hope that you would want At to bring one some place, other yeah, you know? <laughs> some other scripture. Um, as opposed to I'm going to give my definitive interpretation here and and that's it. This is what it's about. It's about society and it's not about the pain that you would cause your spouse. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yep. And this this is why we need a consistent revelation. This is why we need our Lord who provides that glue for all of the scriptures so that we can properly interpret them. <laughs> We're going to get into all kinds of weird, uh, weird stuff here. But well, we made it through uh, through our discussion here. Hopefully it's been helpful and and can provide some food for thought. Um, and uh, we thank you for joining us today. Everyone have a great I, Lord's Day tomorrow. And Lord willing, we'll see you next week. Take care. I did want to do. One oh, yeah. Last Go ahead. Thing John. Um, right. Jump because of <laughs> oh, no problem. No problem. Because of how prevalent pornography is in the culture and i I want to include uh, adultery physical adultery in here too um for those that are are struggling with it and seem that they have no hope i did want to point you to christ christ Mm. says he who commits sin is a slave to sin but if the sun sets you free you will be free indeed Mm. Um, christ does give the spirit of of wisdom of self-control right so um you should you should flee to christ um, not merely for pragmatic reasons that, okay, I can, I can finally break this and that will, you know, help, help me in that, and that regard, help my marriage. I mean, that's a, that's a good thing, but ultimately it's because you should flee to Christ because you've sinned against a holy God and are deserving mm. of his just judgment. But, um, God has provided a way of escape, uh, from your sins that if you repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, 
Um, he's taking the penalty of your sins and he will place his righteousness upon you that when the father looks upon you, you can be seen as perfectly righteous. And then not merely that it's not merely that we therefore um, are now in right relation, but he also does give us his spirit that allows us to live a godly life more and more. We're not perfect in this life. I'm not claiming that at all, but uh, he does give us the spirit of self-control and begins the process of sanctifying us that we might live more and more in accordance with his holy and good law. So for anyone that is struggling, I would, I would point you to Christ that you would, uh, you would turn and be saved of this, of this sin. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sean, for that. Um, so we'll close with that uh, again. Thank you everyone for joining us today and we'll see you next week.